responsibility or it's the older or the younger. It's everybody's responsibility. When I think about the early history of the Ammon Road Baptist Church, I'm in awe of a Christ's power to build his church. But how does that happen? Look back. You know, there's not many left that was members in 1977. That's when I became pastor. We had about six or seven people, really, that came. They were the same. Six, seven, eight, how many ever it was. They came. But how much growth has there been? Well, how does a church not stay intact but grow so they are maturing in the Lord together. I think the trouble with churches, we are more concerned, and please take this the right way, I believe the church is concerned about my health. I believe we're concerned about each other's health. How concerned are we are about each other's spirituality? We got a short message. Actually, as we said, the necessary building blocks are basic. Keeping a family together is basic. The first thing that I've seen over 50-some years of pastoring, counseling a lot of marriages, no communication between the husband and wife. Right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. That means the wife doesn't know what the husband's doing. The husband doesn't know what the wife is doing. And I've had men come to me when I preach this or teach a subject like this, you know, don't be messing up my home life. If your home life needs to be messed up, you ought to pray that somebody would do it. Because there's a lot of difference between a happy marriage and an existence, coexistence. You know. But, what a church grows together. So the building blocks for a local church. We got to first of all remember that we cannot grow except through the word of God. Because if we're not growing in the word of God, we will take something that somebody says and we'll begin to mull over it and think about it, and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger until that's all we focus on. But very simply, we need the preaching and teaching of God's Word for both doctrine 
what to believe, the Christian living, how to apply what we believe. You can tell me after service, but I think I do that. I think that's why I've been here as long as I have. But whether you learn it from me or learn it from your parents or grandparents or whatever, we need to understand what to believe, and that's the doctrine. I'm a doctrine preacher. I preach the doctrine. If, If you truly are saved and you want to try to instruct somebody else, it's nice to neighbor moves in and you say, well, you know, our church is small, but they're friendly. We all love each other. I believe that's true. But that won't save nobody. God said in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, you know, but he said, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Now, people don't like doctrine. That's, you know, I've had a number of people in this county tell me, you know, you preach too much doctrine. What else is it to preach? You put doctrine in place and you will find out that my responsibility is to try to lead somebody to the Lord. How am I going to do that? By doctrine. So when we look at the Word of God and we really get down to business, you know, what do you believe? What do I believe? Well, as we read here in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, you know, it tells us all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Now notice what is profitable. Inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That means that you should not believe anything about doctrine, about this church, how to be saved, that's not in the Word of God. You can brag on it by saying this or that. Doctrine is what we believe. So all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. You know, I understand I upset somebody because I said it three weeks in a row and, uh, you know, I, I didn't even ask the person who said it, why? I don't really care. I mean, as long as I'm preaching Bible, if I say something silly and I hurt your feelings, I'm sorry about that. And I'll apologize. I'll do whatever it takes to make it right. But I won't apologize for preaching doctrine. I won't apologize for preaching what the Word of God says. Because the word says here in verse 16, and it's profitable for doctrine. 
This Bible is profitable for what this Bible believes. When it comes to your Christian faith, if you can't find it in the Word of God, you have no business of believing it. You will, and I'm sure I have. You know, but doctrine is the basics, you know. It, it's just like the children, you know. When I was at school, you know, we was high on phonics. We've had some people I know that are teaching little, you know, start their kids off in homeschool. I've got the whole set of phonics. I paid $275 for that outfit so you could teach your children phonics. And I've asked at least four people who homeschool, would you use this? Nah, phonics is not important. It ain't. That's the only answer I gave them. Why wouldn't they want to teach their child, if you don't teach that child at home, you owe it to that child to teach them what they need to learn. But, anyway, the scripture said, profitable for doctrine, for reproof. What is reproof? Well, I thought that, but the Bible showed me I was wrong. Huh? Ain't that simple? For correction. The Bible corrected me. When I was first saved, I didn't know there was any more than one John. I thought all of John's was the same. You talking about dumb to the Bible? I was, I was dumber. Because the only I had was a little Sunday school class that I would go every once in a while and, you know, Presbyterian can teach you a lot because they don't know a lot. But see, I want to show you how important this word is from this one verse. God said it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. He'll show you. He'll show you in the Bible where you were right for your preconceived notions. Every holiday, you know, and I'm I'm restraining myself, you know. Leave that stupid tree and that the fat man and buying toys that you don't have money to buy. Don't don't get involved in that this year. So I'm gonna try not to get involved in it. But every one of those holidays that Baptists celebrate, the only one that we celebrate that scriptural, all of them. Thanksgiving, that's it. And, you know, and, and I see the little brains working, you know, what about this? What about this? What about this? Do you know where it started? Do you know why it started? You don't have to have a secular book. This book will teach you. That's what it's for. 
And so if our church is in, is in unity about doctrine, you know. I talked to a man last week, I think it was, and he said, I've been a Presbyterian all of my life. I've lived here all of my life. And, you know, and he's 89 years old. He said, I'll die at the Presbyterian church. I said, fine. You know anything about the Presbyterian church? I was brought up in the Presbyterian church. <coughs> you know, we had a Presbyterian evangelist come in. And he quoted John 5, 24. So I asked my preacher, what does that mean? He said, ask the evangelist. The evangelist said, son, you're too young. 11-year-old is too young to know what John 5.24 says. What does John 5.24 say? Read it. That's what it says. When I make that statement, that's what it means. It means what it says. So we've got to understand that. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it's profitable for what you believe. It'll prove where you're wrong or right for correction, for instruction in righteousness. But we say, you know, it's all right to drink, but you can't drink till you get a certain age because the state or the government has legalized it. So it's not sin if you wait till you get the proper age. You didn't get that from the Bible. I didn't get that from the Bible. See, it's this Bible will show you that. You know, and then you you have they have these preachers that you know <laughs> that wants to say, you know, my Lord's Supper's wine. I had to get into the Lord's Supper's wine, Brother Vance. Can you believe that? I was hurting so bad. Stop and think about that statement. What, what he was telling me, whether he's smart enough to know it, that we serve full, full-blown full alcohol. You think the Lord ever took full-blown alcohol? Well, if you do, show it to me in Scripture. Because I've been preaching 50-some years. I ain't found it yet. Second, building blocks for local church through prayer. I believe that it's necessary for a Christian to benefit herself to be able to pray at any time. Well, God tells us, you've heard it say, a family that prays together stays together. Well, I believe the same is true of a church family. Over the years, we've seen the difference that Joining together in prayer makes. When I was at Grace, we had a prayer room. One for the ladies, one for the men. 
we had to do away with it over the grace because it became a gossip room for the men and a gossip room for the women. Such facts. We stopped it here because there wasn't enough interest. I mean, preacher, you're asking me to come 15 minutes early. Oh, my goodness. Put some heavy makeup on that beauty sleep you're going to lose. See, prayer is not important to us. Well, God said in Luke 18.1, let's, let's look at Luke 18.1, very familiar scripture. We've read it many times. you read it many times. But let's just make sure that I'm using the right one. Luke 18.1 said, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. What is that word, faint? Is he saying ought to always pray and not pass out? That ain't what he's talking about. And not to faint. Get weak about it. It's not important anymore, you know. God said we are always to pray. Surely if you eat three meals a day that you're praying. You don't have to pray out loud. You don't have to have a long prayer. But, you know, we ought to talk to the one that if I'm going to wake up in the morning, God's going to wake me up. Everybody that knows me, I don't use alarm clock. I don't believe in it. I don't guess. I just don't ever use them. I never use them. I've worked at IBM all these years, got up on time. You know, I don't have to have alarm clock to wake me up. I count that a blessing. It don't mean that you're less than I am because you don't. But our body goes in a routine, Right? You work somewhere, 30 years, a certain time, you just automatically wake up. What am I going to do with myself? Well, I don't know, but I don't have to go into Walmart. I don't have to go into IBM. I don't have to, you know. But God said, pray. Now, Lord, we need to ask him every day, sometimes during that day, Lord, keep me. Because I flat don't have enough sense to keep myself. I mean, God just made it simple. He just said, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. He didn't make it a commandment. He just said, it's a parable. A parable, it's a a group of words put together that teaches us something. You know, there's two things that will make your day better starting tomorrow. 
Well, you started tonight. You ought to pray and ask God to forgive you for your sins and slackness of today. You say, well, I've been doing good today. Well, praise the Lord. But if you're like me, you you know, I, I went downstairs two or three times cleaning out stuff. I, I tripped and so I fell down the stairs about three uh, steps, you know. I tried to buck my leg or neck or something, but didn't get a scratch. So I got up and said, man, I was lucky. No, I wasn't lucky. And I told God I wasn't lucky. That's why we pray. We know something. I don't want to know what's wrong with you or what you're going through. I'm going to pray for you anyway. But after I found out what what Neela was going through with all that, you know, stuff, then I knew that hey, I know how to pray now. But no, you don't have to have all the details. You're not informing God for nothing. You know, but God said that, you know, spark a parable unto the sins of men ought always to pray. So stop there. If God said you ought to, why should we say, Lord, I don't think I ought to. It's not a demand. You're not going to hell because you don't pray. I need my favorite meal, you know, three times a day. It ain't going to kill me. Not for a while, anyway. But he also gives us some understanding. Now, thirdly, you know, building blocks for local churches is through trials. You would be a mess if you never had anything go wrong. I think uh, it's it's good. You know, I, I tried to. I probably didn't do a very good job, but uh, you know, but I tried to let my kids, when they were growing up, I gave them the opportunity to make decisions for themselves. And I let them go ahead and do something that I really wasn't 100% for with a careful eye. Do you know how to make decisions because you turn? From 17 to 18, it's a magic number in 18 that now you're an adult, you make the right decision. See, so when I look back over the past 29 years, our greatest times of spiritual growth as a church family have been during trials. 
Trials have a way of teaching us to pay and pray and agonize. But it's to teach us to pray and, and driving us to our knees. You know, my most effective praying is when I'm so burdened that, you know, I'm not a trier. I, I, you know, I've tried more over Dora than anybody. I mean, you know, I, uh, I love my mom and dad. I love my brothers and sisters, but I don't think I've tried over it. That's a feeling, you know. But it don't mean that I did or didn't, but we just handle things differently. But it breaks my heart to see what is happening to Baptist church members. Well, God said in 1 Peter 5.10, let's look at 1 Peter 5.10, and we see what God is saying here. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. God says here, But the God of all grace, who have called us unto eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that he hath suffered a while, make you perfect, Establish, strengthen, and settle you. I believe that disappointment and pain is necessary. You know, uh, when you have one child, I don't, I don't know about Harris's Caitlin, but I know about my Caitlin. You know. Got anything she wanted, she gets. But things different now, you know. She called me the other day and she said, Papa, I wish I'd listened to you a lot better. <laughs> I said, Yeah. Some lessons you just got to learn the hard way. Why would I? Why did I try to teach her financial freedom? Why did I try to teach her that she need to go to church whether mom and dad goes or not? Because the God of all grace who have called us into eternal glory by Christ Jesus. I love that by Christ Jesus. He didn't call me because I stopped sinning bad sins. I mean, we got a perfect example of that, the thief on the cross. He was a cross when they, he was a thief when they hung him on that cross. He was a thief when he was saying what he was saying. But God showed mercy and saved him. The only reason I'm saved tonight is because of God's mercy. 
And you, the only reason you're saved tonight is because of God's mercy. But he's given us this book to, we got not only have building blocks for church, you know, I, I spent some, some time with, with the newlyweds. There are building blocks for marriage. You can't copy after mommy and daddy 100%, and you can't copy after papa and mama 100%, because you're separate. you got a mind of your own. You look at things different than we did and your parents did. But when you read this, it says the same to all of us. So, the God of all grace have called us unto his eternal glory of Christ Jesus. See, this is the wonderful part. After that ye have suffered a while. Suffering is necessary. You know, we've seen those kids. If you go out shopping during this heathenistic age, and, you know, I, I don't, I, well, you know, I don't do my shopping anyway, but that's not the point. Uh, but you see these kids that's got their mom and dad by the fingers that are leading them around, man. Leading them around. Well, preacher, they're only small once, yeah, and you can only corrupt them once. When you corrupt them, they stay corrupt until God changes it. I'm telling you some facts here. Based upon this word, he said, has called us unto eternal glory by Christ Jesus after that ye have suffered a while. That means if I'm going to serve God, I'm going to have some pain. And it don't have to be physical pain. Because when you're a parent and you've got a child and that child gets out of the way, that mental and, and emotional pain is Bad as any physical is. God's preparing this for us. I mean, I believe that God allows the church to go through a period of suffering because we float through because everything seems to go right here, you know, and then you find out we get used to it. Number four, through godly examples, you know, from the pastor to the deacons to Sunday school teachers to the cyclers, church staff, you know, we'd go on and on, whether it's small church, big church, whatever. But God said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. We follow the Lord. So that means that Christ is not right here with us, but we got what would God answer? Any question we have, I wonder what would God say? Here it is. I mean, think of a question that you have that God hasn't answered. Now, I'm, I'm not saying 
God, my car ain't running, you know. I'm talking about life questions. I mean, I would I would like to say, you know, that when I have problems, most of the time it's something I have no control over. But most of the time, I can't say that. It's my fault because I didn't handle it soon enough. I didn't pray long enough. I didn't check out, you know. And as a way of life, you know, it, uh, you know, Dora only got aggravated at me every time on this. Tony, we need a new mattress. Okay, I'll go look. Well, I, I looked, and I'll, I'll take her, and she looked, and what do you think? Don't you think this is a do? Well, I, I, I don't know. I'll pray about it. Oh, that made her so mad. What is it to pray about a mattress? I hear a sweet little voice now. You, you make me so mad. But see, I don't make no decision financially. That's I'll make some probably fifty dollars and under. Anything over fifty dollars, I pray about. It. You pray long enough, if you don't need it, <laughs> right? Didn't get no amen on that. But it works for me. Wait upon the Lord. Through fellowship. And I'm not talking about uh, German chocolate cake. Of course, I'm not denying that that helps. But Christian fellowship is more than time together. Did you hear that statement? It is really engagement about the faith and what God is doing in our lives. Have you ever went to your friend and, and just discussed how good God had been to you? You know, we buy something, we'll talk about it, we'll show pictures of it, you know. I've got this goodbye. Oh, you really got a goodbye? Let me, let me tell you what I've got free. My salvation was free. He blessed me every day. Don't cost me a penny. But see, I believe personally, and not everybody agrees with me, that's fine. I believe happiness and we expect that to be something that somebody gives us. God uses a lot of things to show us and and Judy uh, got her a dog she didn't have a dog Caitlin got her a cat you know 
I, I told I told family I said that cat in two weeks won't know is a cat. You know. She be like that. She be like that. See, what you put your energy in. Ain't nothing wrong. If you're gonna have a pet, take care of the pet. If you ain't gonna take care of the pet, don't have a pet. A fellowship. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. How do we provoke somebody to, to do something? Well, I try to make them feel bad about it. That doesn't do it. No. What, what does here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 God says this, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting, exhorting one another, and so much the more it as he see the day approaching. I don't try to make anybody feel bad for missing. What I do do, you know, I don't make them feel bad, I, but I want them to know that, you know, I missed you. I don't care if they were out fishing. I'd see when anybody missed, and they shouldn't miss, you know what I mean, Every church member, unless they're sick, a providence or hindrance, need to be in church. And I believe it is 100% necessary for the pastor to set an example on, on that. So I'll put my attendance record against anybody because I think that's my duty. You know. I don't. I don't believe the coach of Kentucky played in neither game. I don't. I, I don't remember him guessing, dressing for any of those football games. But the last game wasn't over until the chant was "Get rid of him." Well, if the football team's going to win, and half the team don't show up, you ain't going to win, I tell you that. I mean, that's a poor example. But when God says to me and he says to you, you know, building blocks for local church, you know, this church is not in a unity if there's one member that could be here but chose not to be here. And I don't want nobody to come in sick. You've got a favor, stay out of this building. And you come in and sit down, wipe the seat up good before you leave. We don't want people that's, you know, that's 
got a fever coming that is sick. They need to be at home. But that can't come from, from me. It's going to come from God when he said, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is. See, and that's the problem right there, as some is. Like, you know, if that person misses and nobody says anything to that person, well, why would they say something to me? That's why I never say anything to anybody. That is between you and God. But if you're a member of this church and you stay home simply because you got miffed at what I said or somebody didn't say hi or told you how pretty your new dress was, that's a problem between you and God. I got nothing to do with that. Nothing. You know, and, and, you know, it is my responsibility to be friendly with you as it is your responsibility to be friendly with me. And then lastly, Building blocks for local church through serving. God uh, added you to the church because you had some ability this church needed. I believe that God added Sister Wilson to this church for a prayer warrior. I named some others. But like soldiers bonding in the trenches, there is something about serving alongside your church family that provokes both personal growth, relationship. You know, servants don't argue, demand, or boast. They serve. And great churches are filled with humble servants of the Lord. Galatians chapter 6 Verse 9 and 10 as we finish up tonight. Galatians, as we finish up this short lesson, we see here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You would never be able to go to Walmart and buy food if somebody wasn't patient enough to let the fields grow. So let us not be weary in well-doing. In due season. See, God may have blessed you last week. Maybe he didn't bless me, but it, I believe God knows exactly when he's going to bless Linda, when he's going to bless Gene, when he's going to bless Brenda. It's no surprise. But I think my blessing is going to come quicker if I thank God for blessing them. 
How many of us, when we pray for somebody and God answers the prayer, do we say amen or do we say thank you, Father? said, well, both of them good, but, you know, you know how it is. I mean, that's, that's, I've talked to so many wives over the last 50 years. said, I love my husband. I love my kids, but sometimes they'd be so ungrateful. And they don't say nothing, you know. You would never know it by, by looking at them. But, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong telling your spouse, man, you know, the house looks good today. I would, you know, I knew what side my bread was buttered on, you know, so when the door fixed my favorite meal, I'd brag about it until she said, all right, Tony, I've heard it, I've heard it. We ought to do God that way. Thank you, Father. Thank you. So whether you are a pastor or just desiring to see the church family, we need to make up a plan in our life how I'm going to show God that I'm thankful he saved me. And the second blessing that can happen to anybody is for the Lord puts you in a sound church where you can be taught the word of God. If I died tonight, I can go to heaven without any doubt that I taught the doctrines of grace at Monroe Baptist Church, that I taught how important family was. Dad, you say you take that pig to the slop, he can't make it eat. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the